It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. I think it's going to be a fun show today. Yes. yes. Will there be controversy? Will we drop the gloves and go? Well, all those things are possible on any show. Um, Will I be an agitator and try to get under Brady's skin? I can guarantee that I will do that. But our top 10 games of the 2020-2021 school year. Brady's top 10 games of the 2021-2022 school year. And he took over the top five part of the list because all his games are way better than all mine. See, he was the blowout. I was going to (laughs) say what I found doing this is I didn't have really good games that often. But when I did, they were. And that's why you remember really, them. Really, really good. That's why you remember them. And, and like going back and, and listening, you get, and you're like pumped about it. Going back to listening to some of the, the the basketball and football games, I was like, I I'm like, I forgot that happened. Oh, I forgot that happened. And honestly, it was kind of incredible. And looking at this, we don't. The home team doesn't win in every one of these games. No, yeah, that that yeah. doesn't necessarily make it a, a classic game. And for, sometimes heartbreak makes it a classic. So, for reference, if you're wondering how we tried to figure this out, basically two main factors. One, the context: is it for a title? Is it in the postseason? That that kind of was the tiebreaker between a couple. And the main one is if I just took a random sports fan and sat them down and they listened to the game or they watched the game, how much fun would they have? And I think for all 10 of these, they would go, go, go that was an amazing game. And, and I'm going to tell you right here, I, I think we have 10 fantastic games on this list. Yeah, and the way we, But I could change this list 100 different ways. Mm-hmm. As late as last night, you were hedging on flipping two games. Yes. And I'm just, no, let's... We've we've tinkered enough. We've mm-hmm. debated enough. Let, we we've got this list. Let's just run with it. Yeah, yeah. And so the way we did this to get to our ten, we went through our entire list of two hundred and forty one and and wrote down any game we thought was a good game. And I think our list probably averaged to have about forty one games each. Yep. So we then had to pick our favorite fifteen from those forty one. Between our two lists, we had twenty different games. And this is what we came upon. So yeah. we matched on ten, but the ten we matched on didn't all get on the list, right? Because then we debated. Well, why did you like this game, and why did I like this game? And from there, we figured out ten. We'll have some honorable mentions at the end of the show uh, as well. Uh, and I'll just say that this, uh, along with the drafts, this was hard to do. I think this was harder than the drafts, just because. Like you said, all our honorable mentions you could put on the list, and I don't think anyone would be like, oh, why is that game on the list? Uh, and there'll, there'll be games that we don't even mention that could have gotten on the list. Mm-hmm. But the other hard part about it is if I see a game and you don't see it, you might not realize what a great game it was. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, you saw a game and I didn't see it, so I don't understand why it's such a great game. Right. You know, like, so we just trusted each other and we came up with a list of 10 and we'll get it rolling. We'll count down from number 10 when we come back. All right. Sounds good. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. 
and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Michael's, your dealer for the people. Dennis, what are you doing? I'm trying to do a commercial for Michael's Car Center, but there's so much they do. Like what? Well, they do sales, service, and rentals. They have a body shop. They buy used vehicles. They'll beat or match any deal. Plus, there's guaranteed credit approval. Wow, I knew Michael's Car Center has been the area's hometown dealer for 35 years, but with all that, Michael's really is your dealer for the people. Michael's Car Center, 4371 24th Avenue, Fort Grand. Open 8 to 6 weekdays, 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Michael's your dealer for the people. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. 
Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, we we debated about a lot of things, including <laughs> how to intro it. So yeah. we tried to get Stan. <laughs> Who does our, our voice? He's the guy that if you're not listening, yeah. get stuck on sports. You're now a big back to the action. Um, so, but Stan was on vacation this week because of the Fourth of July. Yeah, so he wasn't anywhere near a studio or a microphone, so he couldn't throw anything together for us. So we just have to do it ourselves. Yeah, I'm just gonna. As the consummate professionals we are, we didn't even pre-record it because we didn't feel like editing more. Because believe it or not, going back and getting highlights takes time. Oh yeah, it does. Especially when it's not like football and you have like three plays and yeah, and you have to figure out how to condense a an awesome game. I think the longest we had was my one highlight was what like four and a half minutes long. Well, I, I didn't look at that part of it. I'll, I'll just say this. So like the ones that were in my, I actually like this is number ten. That's what I mm. titled it so that it was zip, 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 and put oh. him in. And then Brady titled his by the name of the game, and I had to go, all right, well, where does that fall on the list? Not Sorry. that it's a big deal. But Sorry. It, it, it was 10 extra seconds that I had to work today. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to get into me. it? So yeah, you this, go ahead. This first game, um, kind of we didn't really expect anything from when we saw it on the schedule. We went, oh, it's a local game. We got to do it. And then, well, here it is. Number 10. 8.39 to go here in the first, so we're almost halfway through the first period. No score yet. At the blue line, a little flip shot by Rumbelski. Was knocked down, didn't get through. There's a shot. They score from the left circle. It was uh, picked up by Goodney, and he put it right through the five hole and in as McKinney dropped to his knees, but there must have been room, and P.H. grabs a one to nothing lead on a goal from Goodney. Charlie Goodney lights the lamp. One second shy of the halfway point of this first period. 8.29, the time of the goal. Big Reds on the attack again. Gunderson to Goodme. Goodme over the line with a shot. He scored! Goodme with a blast from the just inside the blue line. Beats McKinney on the stick side low this time. And it's 2-0. Big Reds on a couple of Charlie Goodme goals here in the first period. Picked up now by Gunderson trying to work around the defense. Couldn't do it. Tummins out to center. Leaves it for Connor Myers. Myers now leads four Vikings over the line. Myers scored! He just put his head down and ripped a slap shot coming up across the blue line. And he beat Jones on the stick side. And the Vikings are on the board now. With 1.21 to go here in the second, it's a 2-1 hockey game. Myers, who dropped it back to Minesburg, and he gives it to Bowerson. Now for Lavallee, and it slid off his stick, but he got it back. Here's Lavallee up over the line. DeLong got in the way, though. Gunderson took a poke at it. Puck popped up into the air. Comes back at the line. Bowers in a shot. Tip. They score. Turner with a perfect deflection in the slot. Beats Jones over the shoulder. And with 2-0-1 to go, the Vikings have tied the game. It's 2-2. Not much happening yet for the Big Reds here. 
Puck down in behind their goal as Goodme will pick it up now. 20 seconds left in regulation. Goodme through center. Goodme charging up over the line. Drop pass. Fleming moving in. Shooting. He scored! Fleming with 13 seconds to go. Gets a power play goal for the Big Reds. And they take a 3-2 to lead. On a perfect setup from Goodme. I think everybody in the rink thought Goodme was going to try to go end-to-end there. And he dropped it back and Fleming was able to wrist it home to give the Big Reds maybe a victory tonight. Matt Fleming from Charlie Goodme and Elijah Jones. A power play goal for the Big Reds with 13 seconds to go here in the third period. Makes it 3-2 for Port here on Unified. Net empty for Marysville with the faceoff at center. They've got 13 seconds to go. Tied up in the circle. Now it comes to McLeod. He'll push it out center ice. Shot will chop it back into the Viking zone. No icing here. Four seconds to go. Three, two, one, and this game is over. PH gets the winning goal from Fleming with 13 seconds to go, and they'll beat Marysville tonight three to two. And uh, one of the reasons why we like this game so much was, I'll, I'll be honest, when we put it on the schedule, we just put it on the schedule because it was a rivalry game. I'd, I'd seen PH uh, lose to Northern and not look very good mm-hmm. in, in the game, uh, and Marysville had played very well in the game, that, and I just we just kind of assumed, okay, Marysville's going to win this game by two or three goals, maybe four. It's not going to be much of a game, and PH surprised me that night. And actually, they went on to have a very good season this yes. year. Uh, Charlie Goodme, great player. Um, Carson Brown, Ethan White, uh, McLeod, and Roberts on defense. And Elijah Jones was cr- terrific in goal for them this year. This was kind of a breakout game for, for them. And then two weeks later, they beat the Vikings again 3-2. to two. Yeah. No, this is uh, – I think that's the reason why it stuck with us because there, are be- there were a lot of hockey games in consideration. Um, I mean, geez, Northern alone had, what, six overtime winners. But this game at number 10, a, a, a rivalry in the regular season that you kind of just weren't expecting this. And then I, I know you said it to me after the game. You were thinking, all right, we're going to overtime. All right, they're, they're going to start on the man advantage in overtime, see if they can put one in then. And – just kind of surprised everyone with the goal with 13 seconds left. Yeah. Uh, and the other part, and I didn't put it in the highlights, but uh, before Marysville got their first goal, they thought they had their first goal on a wraparound play by Turner. Mm-hmm. And initially the ref had signaled a goal, and then they all talked together and they waved off the goal. And then about two minutes later, Marysville did get on the board. But that was another part of the game was if that goal counts, yeah, how does it change things? And I think that's going to be a theme uh, at least once we get up to the higher games, is that there's one moment that could have changed the entire thing. Um, do you have anything else to say about about this no, game? No, we can move we... on to, to number nine. Right. Are, are we ready for the, the, the already pre-recorded and queued up sound effect? Yeah, go for it. Number nine, Sandusky, Cass City, boys basketball. A dozen for Zach Franzel, a dozen important points. 44-40 now, Sandusky, 30 seconds to go. Wiseman working baseline, trying to get around Carlson, dumps it off out in front, and Perry is open for the bunny. His first basket of the game makes it a two-point score with 20 seconds to go, and we'll get a timeout called by the Redhawks this time. 20.3 seconds to go. 
Alex Perry with his first basket and points of the game. Cuts it to 44-42. Not much scoring at all. In fact, that basket by Perry, the first points this quarter by Cass City. They've been outscored here in the fourth, 5-2 by Sandusky, and Sandusky leads it by two points. Well, the important thing here, if you're Sandusky, is get the ball inbounds to somebody. You don't want a five-second call and a turnover here. Franzel will get it into Sanderson and then get it right back underneath his own basket for Carlson. Carlson will be trapped. The ball's on the deck, and we're going to get a jump ball call. The possession arrow is going to give it to Cass City with 12.7 seconds to go. Wiseman is the guy that I'd keep my eye on. He's knocked down five threes tonight. He's the inbounds guy. He gets it in. Here's Bryce Fernald out top, guarded by Feehan. Now he gives it up to Michael Fernald. He's going for the three, and he drains it with five seconds to go. Michael Fernald triples up top, 45-44, to and we get a timeout with 3.9 seconds to go, and Cassidy is up one. So they went for the three-point shot, and they got a good look from Michael Fernald out top, and he drained it. So it'll be Feehan's job to get it inbounds. They're going to have him do it in front of the scorer's table right at midcourt. Now he's going to move back a step, so he's almost at the front of the Cass City bench. Velasquez is guarding the inbound. 2.2 seconds. Again, the clock won't start till somebody touches it on the court. Feehan will get it in. Carlson will spin, fire a long three. He got it! He got it at the buzzer! Carlson wins it for Sandusky at the buzzer with a long three. He'll finish with 22, and the Redskins will win it 47-45. A great finish at Sandusky. And, again, not just the buzzer beater and the lead change there because you had a three with five seconds to go, and then you had a three at the buzzer. Which, by the way, the reason why we were doing Sandusky Cassidy is that was the first day basketball was back. That was our second game since late October, early November. So that's part of the reason I think we were so starved for action, and then you get that game to start kick off basketball season. Yeah, that, that, we, we looked at the schedule. We're like, it's, it's opening night of basketball. We have to have two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there was one game that you went I to. I went to Mooney, Las Cruz North. Yeah, and I'm like, we got to find a game. We got to find a game. We couldn't find a game. And finally I said, ooh. Sandusky's at home. I'll call Al DeMott, make sure it's all right to come up. Uh, and the, they, they loved us being up there and treated me to a, uh, an absolutely terrific uh, basketball uh, game uh, that, uh, again, the lowest scoring quarter of the game was the fourth quarter, 8-5. to five, But the last minute of that game might have been the best minute of basketball I got to see all season. Yeah, and again, I think maybe the surprise factor is a reason why it sticks with you. Um, for it to be at number nine, a game that we basically just found somewhere to go. Like, we were looking for anything because, again, we talked about it a couple shows ago, how starved we were just to get out and do a game. Not that it's crazy that we do a Sandusky game, but we wouldn't. No, it wouldn't be on our high priority list. So we went up there, and you saw what might have been, I think, the best basketball game you saw all year, perhaps? I, I, I saw some good ones, too. I mean, I saw overtime games. I saw great individual efforts. I saw great team efforts. I saw a lot of good things in uh, basketball. But I, I'll say this, of all the sports we covered, it's, it's between basketball and softball, the number of 
like like lopsided games. You get a lot more lopsided games. Oh, for me it was football. Jeez. Oh yeah, you you had, you had a rough football <laughs> ball season for the most part. But anyways, that that was a great uh, basketball game. And speaking of basketball games, let's uh, move on to uh, <clears throat> number eight on the list. Number eight, Croslex Linden Boys Basketball. The putback no good. Goes up for another rebound and he gets it. Hunter Soper. That's a big bucket for the Pioneers. Five seconds now. Blake Lund. Trying to push it up. One second, he's going to throw it up from half court, and it will be tipped. So at the end of three, Croslex is down, 42-33 to Linden. Go. Rebound by Soper. Falling away, he gets the and one. They're going to say it wasn't on the shot. I do not know how that was not an and one for Hunter Soper. And the only thing I can think of is the foul was away from him. But either way, off the inbound, Johnson... He gets the three to go anyway. Lund, long pass to Bell. Bell got behind Townsend. Bell throws it right into the arms of Solanic. Solanic up to Johnson at the other end. He's going to pop from three. He gets it to go. Jake Townsend makes the Jimmy erupt. It's now a one-point deficit for Crosslax. Now up to the top of the key. He's going to hand it off to Bell. Bell guarded by Townsend. 6.23 to go, 42-41. He's going to pull up from downtown. Bell rattles it home. That's a huge momentum stopper for Linden. At the other end, Johnson fielded it. He answers! Tyler Johnson with another three. His fourth of the game. Back to a one-point game. He finds Johnson. Johnson fakes the three. Going to pull up for a long two. Banks it in! Tyler Johnson ties the game for the Pioneers at 46. One minute to go. Finds a wide open Tyler Johnson. From the corner, he leaves it a bit long. Hits the top of the backboard, actually. No, they're going to call a foul. Eli Bell with the foul on Johnson. 56 seconds to go. First free throw up. Cold as ice is Tyler Johnson. Hits the first one to give the Pioneers their first lead since the second quarter. Second one. Just as pretty as the first. Johnson looking to complete all three, and he does. Nothing but net. Who will be doing the inbounding for Croslex? It will be Soper. Soper with the ability to run the floor right underneath me. Soper passes it to Johnson. Long pass to Soper. He's got to step on everyone. And the jam from Hunter Soper makes it a three-point game, and he got the foul. Hunter Soper with the dunk of the year and one. Gives the Pioneers a three-point lead, and he's going to the line. The uh, dunk heard around the thumb is what we titled that one. <laughs> yeah, when we were writing down. <laughs> also, go ahead, get it out of the way now. It's slanted. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. It's I was going to let it go. That made you, on you enough during that made season. you cackle when you heard it. Yes. And yes, I had corrected it since then. Sorry to the Slanik family. <laughs> but anyway, about that game, I mean, it was the statement game for Croslex. And they were down going what did I what did I say? Down nine points going into the the fourth. They were down eleven before that putback by Soper. To, uh, with like 20 seconds left, it looked like that Croslex wasn't only going to lose, but lose kind of convincingly. And they battled back. They outscored Linden in that fourth quarter 20-6. to six. And, and I think that was the moment, too, when that score got out, 
some of the people who make the lists mm-hmm. said, okay, we have to put Croslex on here somewhere. Because yeah. they had been un- avoiding the Pioneers. It was kind of like, well, wait till long. they play Linden. Wait yeah. till they play Linden. It was always, it was wait till they play Carlton and yeah. they knock Carlton <laughs> off. Wait till they play Linden and they knock Linden off. Wait till, wait they, till play they play this Goodrich. guy. And they, and, and they d- dismantled Goodrich. And yeah. Notre and here is the thing. Blake Lund was their Mr. Basketball candidate from Linden. He had 18 points going into the fourth quarter. He ended with 18 points. The difference between Linden and Croslex was Croslex was a team that they had depth. Soper and Johnson didn't have to do it all. I mean, you had – I could go through the list again, but you know the suspects for Croslex, where Lund played 30 minutes of that game. 31 minutes, and they were gassed. And that's why they were able to outscore them 20-6. And then that, that inbounds play for Croslex. So I didn't do the best job of describing it in the game because it happened so fast. So Hunter Soper starts off inbounding to the left of the basket. Tyler Johnson runs out of bounds, and Soper passes it to Johnson, who is out of bounds, which you can do. Mm-hmm. And someone comes and sets a screen, and... Soper runs a streak. So he gets separation. Johnson just drops a dime. He has one step, boom, dunk, and you went, they just knocked off Linden. They completed the comeback, and that gym was going buck wild when that dunk happened. Buck wild. That's a thing. Yes. Okay. And that's, it's, it was incredible, and that's when you went, all right. Croslex is that good because if they lose that game, they don't get respect the rest of the year. No, at least statewide. Yeah, they don't. They don't. All right, um, time we get the ladies on the list. Let's go to number seven. Number seven, Richmond Algonac Softball District Championship. The 0 1 pitch comes to Van Scooter. She hits a high fly ball to left field. Going back, Sampier. She's going to stay on the wall. Look up, and it's gone. Lead off home run for Shea. Van Scooter, and she gives the Richmond Blue Devils an early 1-0 lead. The 0-1 pitch comes. It's a ground ball in the left field. Sampier fields it. They're going to send Van Scooter around. The relay, no, they're going to let it go to the plate. And Van Scooter scores, throw to second. She's in. An RBI single for Piper Clark. Bomarito on second. Stevenson on first. Taylor at the plate. The 0-2 delivery. It's a fly ball to left field, and that's going to split the outfielders for a base hit. Coming around third, and in to score without a throw is Bomarito. Big RBI single from Camden Thaler, and they cut the lead in half. It's now Richmond 2, Algonac 1. Count is full to black. The payoff pitch. Fly ball going to be shallow center field coming in for Boyd. That's going to drop for a base hit, and Amdar going to come in to score. That one seemed like it hung up there forever, but it'll be an RBI single for Amelia Black. A big bat with Ella Stevenson. She's gotten on both times, but hit by a pitch and an error. Stevenson, a big bat from the right side. First pitch coming, hit to deep left field, going back, looking up, Algonac has the lead, they're up 4-3 to three on the Ella Stevenson, three, run, bomb. Playing her straight up, right fielder Yaks playing close to the line, big gap in right center. The 0-1 pitch, 
And that's hit to right center. That's going to get down. That'll score at least one run. Van Scooter comes in to score. The throw to the plate to get the trail runner won't be in time. And Piper Clark delivers a huge two-out double to give Richmond the lead right back. It's now 5-4. to four. Top of the order comes up, though. Kenna Bomarito, one for two today. She's walked and singled. And the third placement reward playing in. First pitch is a call trick. Throw back to first, and they picked off Sampier. And that will do it. Richmond takes the district championship 7-4 over Algonac. Congratulations to the Blue Devils. Game of uh, inches, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, because it, it wasn't in there. But there was a play. It was nobody on and two outs for uh, the, the Richmond Blue Devils. Algonac intentionally walked Shea Van Scooter just saying, you're not beating us. I don't care if someone else does, you're not. The third consecutive time they had walked Van Scooter. So there's a runner on first with two outs. Not really thinking much of it. Like, okay. Like, yeah, that, that's not a high-pressure situation. Olivia Toit hits a line drive that is playable. It wasn't a routine play, but girl sticks out her glove and it hits just outside the pocket and falls down. If she makes that catch, it's Clark, Creon, and Amdar do up. No easy task to get out, but you're three outs away, and maybe hindsight helped this one lift up higher because you almost had a state championship run end before it started. Yeah, if that catch is made, it could be season over for Richmond and they don't go on to beat Buchanan in the state yeah. championship game. Yeah. And that, that to me, is really why this game had to be on the list. They had and to come from behind late after giving up the Stevenson home run, uh, and, and then you have that play happen. Like, it's weird how – all that can happen, and then it gets forgotten when you go on and do yeah. your thing. And here's another stat. Shea Van Scooter struck out 17 batters. Out of 21 outs, she struck out 17. And that's another reason why I think it's, it's on the list is because Algonac was struggling to get one run across, and then they get one opportunity, and their best power hitter comes up, and bang, it's 4-3. to three, And you could just tell the Richmond crowd was like, Oh, this isn't. This doesn't happen. This that wasn't supposed to happen. And then the first two batters got out, and they were like, "This really isn't supposed to happen." They were four outs away from losing that game, and it was back and forth. And a young pitcher in Bomarito, for the most part, pitched well. I know seven runs were given up. Some errors uh, hurt her along the way, but it was an incredible game. That again almost ended a state title run before it even got off the ground. All right, we're going to stick with the ladies for number six. Number six, Owasso Marysville, softball state championship. Swing and a high fly ball, center field, Kane going back. This is trouble. It's gone. A home run for Meyer, straight away center field. And Owasso jumps on top two to nothing. On a towering drive to center field by Meyer. 
Vikings will be able to get the runners in motion. And again, Woodard, the trail runner, has great speed. And anything in the gap, she'll score from first. But you got to get it there first. Here's the 3-2 to Smith. Swing, fly ball, center field, well hit, way back, gone! A home run for Smith! Marysville takes the lead, 3-2! A monster shot to straightaway center field for Kirsten Smith. And there's that Viking two-out magic. 3-2 Marysville here in the third. Perrin will use all parts of the field. She'll hit the ball to right as much as she'll pull it or hit it to center. Swing, and there's a drive out to right center field. Way back, gone! A home run for Kelly Perrin to right center. A line shot, closed line bullet that got over the top of the fence and gives the Vikings a 4-2 lead. Bassett battling here with Ireland, the tough right-hander from Owasso. The 0-2, swung on, ground ball, third, booted by the third baseman, Summers. Bassett safe at first, in to score comes Walters, and the Vikings take a 5-2 on what will likely be the first error of the game. Marysville trailed 2-0 early in this one, but now they're up 5-2 here in the fourth. Winston swings, there's a line shot in the left for a base hit. Bassett around third. They're going to test the left fielder's arm, throw to the plate, and out at the plate. Great tag by Kincaid. Winston comes all the way around and ends up at third base. One ball, no strikes, one out. Runners at second and third, and now it's five to three. Swing, fly ball, right center field. Kane's got to go a mile, and she can't get there. That's going to roll all the way to the wall. It's going to tie the game, and Ireland is going to stop at second with a two-run double. Five, five, four straight Owasso hits. Here in the bottom of the fourth, after the first batter was retired. So Pumford is 60 feet away from breaking a 5-5 tie with one out here in the bottom of the fourth. Who can now drive in the run with an out. And Marysville playing back on the infield. So they will trade the run for the out here in the fourth. Feeling like uh, they figured Ireland out. And there's a ground ball hit to short. Winston goes to first, out there, and in to score is Pumford. And Owasso takes the lead 6-5. to Will the Vikings get another two-out rally? It's been their calling card this season. Walter swings. There's a little looper in back of the mound. And the shortstop, Mayer, will run behind the circle, make the catch, and the game is over. Marysville gets the first two hitters on in the seventh, but then Ireland shuts them down and gets the final three outs, and the Owasso Trojans are the Class D state champions. And those final three outs, okay, after a single by West Miller and a single by Smith, made it first and third in an 8-5 game in the top of the seventh, had to get Kane, Perrin, and Walters to end the ball game. Um, Ireland struck out uh, nine. Kirsten Smith, uh, if you look at her line, it's not a good line, but she kept her team in it and gave them a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the runs against her were earned uh, either. Uh, and it, it was just – it was two heavyweights stood in the middle of the softball field and traded punches all morning long. And in the end, the it was a split decision, and Owasso won 8-5. to five. 
It was a great game. I'd love to see those two teams play like a best-of-seven series because that would have been a seven-game terrific series. Yeah, and Marysville, they left everything out there. And there was a moment um, Woodard hits a line drive into left field, and the left fielder for Owasso reaches up, and it sticks to the last part of the glove it can stick to. If it gets by here, at minimum, it's a triple, if not an inside-the-park Yeah, with Woodard running, if that ball gets over her head and rolls out to the fence, it's probably a two-run inside-the-park home run. And that would have made it 8-7 to at that point. And who knows what happens there. But, yeah, it was like, for at first you went, oh, wow, this Ireland girl's just dicing up Marysville. And then that one swing of the bat, Kirsten Smith, and it was, okay, here comes Marysville. And they were up 5-2, to two, and you're like, it, now Marysville's got it. Then, then Owasso came back, they added on a bit, and time just ran out for Marysville. But for a state championship game, you can't really ask for much more. No, I, again, it, it was a terrific game between two really uh, terrific teams. Uh, and the other part about it was I had enjoyed that Marysville run so much. And other than the quarterfinal game, they hadn't really been in any battles. And until the first inning of the championship game, they hadn't trailed in a game at all in the postseason. Yeah, the last time they had trailed before that game was, I believe, when they lost to Marine City. Yeah. Which was like a month earlier. Yeah, they, they had gone <laughs> 11 straight games without being behind at any point in the game. Yeah. So, uh, so th- that was uh, – it was just a terrific run, and they were just so much fun to uh, to follow. Um, the, it, disappointing that they didn't win, but in, in spite of not winning, that was easily one of the ten best games of the season. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, we broadcast. That's a game where you're just like – you didn't lose. You are just bested. Yeah. Like your best and their best came. Like you said, they traded blows, split decision. It went to Owasso that time. All right, we'll do the top five when we come back from the break. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. 
Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N car C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, quick review. Number 10 was Port Huron High, Marysville Hockey. The Big Reds winning 3-2 with 13 seconds left in the game. A Sandusky boys basketball buzzer beater against Cass City was number 9. Our number 8 game of the year was the dunk herd round the thumb. Croslex beats uh, Linden in boys basketball. Game number 7 was uh, Richmond coming from behind to beat Elginac in the district final uh, in softball. 7-4 to four on their way to a state championship. Number 6, the Owasso Marysville softball state final in Division 2. And uh, Brady? Well... Before we get to the top five, I just want to remind people, we do have a golf outing that you can sign up for August 20th at the Elks. If you sign up before tomorrow, you get the early <laughs> bird discount. So you just go to GetStuckOnSports.com. The form's right there. You can do that. Or on our social media, we have it where you can print it off and send it in if that's your style. If you have any questions, just email one of us. We'd love to have you out there. Anyway. Here come our top five. Back to our list. Number five, Richmond Buchanan, D3 State Championship softball game. 
Cara bent at the knees, leans out over the plate. Swings and hits a towering fly ball to deep right. Down the line, if it's fair, it's trouble, and it's off the foul pole for a home run. Cara goes deep and gives Buchanan a one to nothing lead. Jalen Omdar will be the hitter. Tying run at third. They need her to put the ball in play here. Back in the middle of the infield in double play depth. There's a swing, fly ball, left field. It's gonna drop for a base hit. Just inside the line, and in to score is Clark. Richmond has tied the game. An RBI single for Amdar. She just blooped it in down the left field line. Revord had a big two-out, two-run single last night. Can she repeat the process here? Swing. There's a little flare towards right. That's down for a base hit. Racing around third to score the go-ahead run is Creon. And the Blue Devils take the lead, two to one. The throw goes into the plate, so both runners will advance, and they've got them at second and third. Second straight game, Revord comes up clutch with two outs, and Richmond leads for the first time today, two to one here in the sixth. Swing, ground ball to short, picked off by Clark. Throw across, Richmond's the state champions for the second time in school history. The Blue Devils beat Buchanan. Two to one, the buck stops here in the D3 state championship with Richmond picking up a come from behind victory. One, two, three, go Buchanan in the seventh against Shea Van Scoder. Who was uh, terrific as uh, always. One run, three hits, no walks, struck out nine in that championship game. Uh, Richmond winning it uh, two to one. And it was really like, you're getting edgy uh, there because through five innings, they're down one nothing. They had had all kinds of chances and left runners on uh, base. Uh, and with one out in the sixth, Piper Clark ripped one up the gap. And Piper Clark is going to be I think she would have been, I mean, geez, the playoff MVP if you had one. If, she was three for three in the championship you, game. If, if, if it's not for Shea Van Scooter, she's number two. I mean, just because Van Scooter pitched in the, the bigger games, but she also threw a perfect game on her way to yeah, a state championship. Actually, I think Piper threw two shutouts in the playoffs and yeah. gave up, what, two hits or something? One like hit, maybe. Yeah, and I think she had at least two hits in, like, every game she played in. She probably, I think she hit, like, 750 or something in the postseason. Had a couple of home runs, hit one yeah. in the, uh, the semifinal game. Of course, Van Scooter hit five playoff home runs, three to lead off games. Yeah. And, like you said, she pitched – uh, five postseason wins, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, again, what more do you have to say? A two to one state championship game. Uh, you you were waiting for Richmond to punch back after that home run, and when they finally did, Dennis, did did you ever really think Buchanan was going to be able to push across in second run? No, I. That was the thing. Like you knew the the home run down the line that hit off the the foul pole um, was all they were going to do. Uh, after that, they, they only had three more base runners the rest of the game. One reached on an error, uh, and the other two were two out singles where Van Scooter struck out the next hitter, you know, just carved them up. Uh, it, there, there were no threats against her, really. There, there were no threats against her the entire game other than a leadoff home run in the second, which isn't a threat. It's just a leadoff right. home run in the second. Right. So, the, I mean – I guess the thing that hurt this game, I guess, on the list is there was no high-pressure situation at the end. It's like, okay, Buchanan got the one, 
And then Richmond scored their two to take the lead finally, but you didn't think Buchanan was ever really going to answer. No, but uh, when Richmond scored their two runs, I, I thought the, that was a high-pressure situation in the fact that uh, M- Michaela Revord's RBI single to give him the lead was a two-out hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another person that I want to throw in there. Not a big batting average, but she made her hits count in the, the postseason. What, she had a homer in the quarterfinal. She mm-hmm. had a big two-run hit to blow open the semifinal game, and then she drives in the game-winning run, basically, in the championship game. Yeah. And that's a young player that will be back next year. And I think we'll be mentioning her name um, again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, think about that. A two-to-one state championship game we settled on as number five on our <laughs> list. So it's it's been tough, but this next game – uh, it was a huge clash. Both teams were undefeated when they came in. And, well, y- y- you knew we had to do it. We went down on the road for this one. So now, <clears throat> number four, Lakeview Marysville, boys basketball. Shot going the other way. He loses the handle on it. He's trapped in the corner, kicks out to Ritter. Ritter for three. It's good. Matt Ritter with his fourth three-point of the night. The second Husky to do that. 56-53 now. Lakeview leads 57-53. 2 to go. Woodard guarded by Messina. Bringing it up the court. Messina being careful not to pick up that fifth foul. Singleton with the ball. Going down the wing. He goes up through contact. His third and one of the second half. DeMarco Singleton powers through contact. Gets the bucket and he's going to go to the line for a free throw. Quick inbound to Singleton. He has it in the post, he picked up his dribble. He kicks it out to Holberg. Holberg wide open for three, it's good! Hayden Holberg with five three-pointers. His fifth one gives the Vikings the lead. 58-57 on the other end. The dunk no good, but it's gonna be DeMarco Singleton's fifth foul. He can't believe it. Woodard calling out an offense. He's guarded by Ritter. Gets it over to Bowman, finds Holberg. Holberg gets it into the post to Smayfield. Smayfield, a little hook shot. Gets the friendly bounce to go. Smayfield gets the lead right back, 60-59. to 120 to go. Lakeview with the basketball. Shock going down the lane. He gets the foul called on Woodard. That's his fifth. He bounces it into Negan. Negan. The volleyball line finds Holberg wide open. The three-pointer is good! Hayden Holberg unconscious from downtown. Ice water in his veins makes it 63-60. No one down there rebounding for the Vikings. Free throw no good. Huskies down three, 33 seconds to go. Messina on the far end. Gets it to Ritter. Ritter going to pull up from three in the corner. He hit it! Matt Ritter, a fadeaway three to tie it with 26 seconds to go. Oh, my goodness. So Lakeview will be inbounding about three feet on the other side of half court, right in front of the Marysville bench. They have 4.2 to get a shot off. Doing the inbounding is Shock. They get into Falcon. They're going to hand it right back off to Shock. Shock tries to go through a couple defenders. He loses the handle on it. Throws up a layup, and it's no good. We're going to overtime. Negan gets it over half court. Marysville bench is on their feet. Negan almost loses it. And he gets fouled by Ritter. Ritter is incensed. Kyle Negan going to the line for two. Kyle Negan. First shot is up and down the middle. 
ties the game at 67. Kyle Nagin, second free throw, is up. Gets the bounce to go in. Kyle Nagin, clutch pair of free throws. Timeout taken. Marysville back with the lead, 68-67. He gets it up to Shock. He gets it over half court on the near sideline. 28 seconds now. Lasher guarding guarding Shock. They get it to Ritter. Ritter guarded by Holberg. He's going to try to drive down the middle of the lane. He goes up and around and gets the foul called with 18.2 to go. 18.2 seconds to go. Matt Ritter with a pair of huge free throws. Down one. 18 seconds to go. First shot up from Ritter is nothing but net. Ties the game at 68. Nagin checking in for Sam Lasher. Going to get a guard-oriented lineup into the game. Second free throw from Ritter is up. It is right down the middle. Lakeview leads by one. 18 seconds to go. Inbound to Nagin. 15 seconds left. Lakeview going to fall back. 13 seconds to go. Nagin over half court. Bounce pass to Bowman on the corner. Nine seconds to go. Finds Thomas. Thomas bounces into Smayfield. Smayfield going up through contact. Can't get the ball to go. There's going to be a, no, the ball's going to dribble. Going to roll around, and time runs out. Lakeview wins 69-68. How bad did you want a foul call there on that last play? Um, <laughs> To be honest with you, I was fine with the no call on that last play because in regulation, it was about the same amount of contact that Lakeview had on their buzzer-beating attempt. So I was fine with the no call. Um, but that was a game, Dennis, that had just some ridiculous numbers. You heard a couple of it. Hayden Holberg hit six three-pointers for uh, Marysville. For Lakeview, Matt Ritter hit five three-pointers. Andrew Messina hit four three-pointers. Marysville, as a team, you had Woodard who hit a three-pointer. Nagin hit a three-pointer. Kyle Thomas hit a three-pointer. Cole Bowman hit two. Larry Smayfield hit one. And Hayden Holberg hit six. So they had 12 three-pointers as a team. And Lakeview had 11. You had 23 three-pointers in that game. And it was back and forth. And it was one of those things where every shot you're like, oh, like, is, is this the one? Is this the one? Is And like you, you said when the recording was playing, it was a shame that free throws were the final decider. Um, but it was a game that you went into it. Both teams were undefeated. You thought it was basically for the MAC uh, Silver Championship in basketball. And it, and it lived up to the hype. Both teams played really well. Uh, Losing Singleton and Woodard on back-to-back possessions and still being able to take the lead and force overtime and to have the lead with 16 seconds left or whatever I said in overtime, it was unbelievable. The game just kept going back and forth. It was it was about the entire time. Lakeview actually outscored Marysville in the fourth quarter, 24-15 to to force overtime. Yeah, and I'm going to go back. You said league title. Uh, COVID kind of screwed things up. Yeah. And, and, like, there was a three-team race, and it ended up being kind of a funky ending. Yeah. Because games weren't played, or they had to decide whether the games mattered to play them. Yeah, like, Lakeview had, like, would have won by percentage, but they didn't play enough games, so they didn't count. But Lincoln and Marysville were both had one loss or something, and they but they hadn't played each other, and it was, it was all sorts of messed up. <laughs> but that game was... Uh, 
incredible. And, well, that's the third Marysville game we've had. Unfortunately, it's the third time they've lost on this list. But you said when I brought that up uh, pre-show, you're like, when they win, they just kick butt. Yeah, they just blew teams <laughs> they out just, when they won. So. They just dominated. <laughs> and when they lost, it had to be on a thriller, whether it was a goal with 13 seconds left, a back-and-forth slugfest in a state championship game, or a game against Lakeview on the road in their little shoebox of a gym, which they should be ashamed that's the gym they play in. And <laughs> it went to overtime. So... I mean, anything else you have to say about that? It was a fierce atmosphere. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, it was. That just adds to everything else. Oh, yeah. Uh, DeMarco Singleton was public enemy number one in that gymnasium, and he didn't do anything like, you know, sometimes a kid will do something like let his emotions get the best of him and the crowd is against him. He was just kicking butt that whole game. All right, number three. Number three, Ferndale Crosslex, boys basketball quarterfinal. Pioneers lead by a pair. Inbound, finds Townsend, sends it right back to Johnson. Johnson over to Clockwich on the right side and hustling back Ferndale. Cross court back to Townsend. He's got a wide open look from three. He splashes it. Jake Townsend, his second triple, extends the lead up to five. Walking the ball up the court, Cameron Red. Crosslex bench stands up as Red. He's going to wait for some instructions from his coach. Crosslex sitting back. Kalakovich about 10 feet away from Red. 3.17 to go. Let's see how long they hold on to this for. Inching closer, Kalakovich. Backing up a little bit, Red. Trying to call out some offense. Kalakovich inching more closer. Just in front of half court, Kalakovich on Red. Kalakovich again. He'll get a little closer, then he'll back off, handing it off to Drake. Jason Drake, near half court, guarded by Clockwich to the right side, Lewis. Ferndale had a lot of momentum, and now they're slowing the game down to a halt. 2.43 to go now, still 60 aside. Lewis going to dribble it as Johnson not going to pressure him close enough to start a five count. And I think Ferndale would be content waiting for the final shot. We're approaching two minutes left to go in the game. They've killed more than a minute. The fans of the shot clock implementation would uh, be having a field day right now. And I think I might be one of them to prevent possessions like this. 34 seconds left to go. Season hangs in the balance. Let's see when they try to start running an offense. Drake over to Lewis. 25 seconds left to go over to Red. Red guarded by Townsend. He backs off a little. 19 seconds left to go. Red, waiting for the signal to start running the offense. Drake wants the ball back. Red gives it to him. Drake, 10 seconds left now. He's approaching the basket. Kalakovich guarding him, and they're gonna fall on Townsend, and he can't believe it. Jake Townsend cannot believe they called that foul. Six seconds left to go. He had a steal. 60 to 60. The score has stood the same for the past three minutes because there hasn't been a shot in three minutes. Everyone on their feet. Drake looking to get it in somewhere. Get into Lewis. Lewis in the low block. He gets blocked. Rebound, battle for. Turns, fires at the buzzer. No good. Second put back at 10. We're going to overtime. Holding the ball didn't work. 
Ferndale going to have to play some extra basketball. Crosslex season still alive. Logo, red, 103 left to go. Still guarded by Townsend. Townsend not getting close enough to start a five count. Now he's driving down the right side of the lane. He drops it off to Kennedy, and he jams it home. Jack Kennedy gives a big basket. Johnson driving down the middle of the lane, kicks it out to Kolakovich, to Townsend, back to Kolakovich. He's going to fire from three-point land. No good. Put back by Solanic. No good. Yes, it is. Oh, and hung on the rim. Sage Solanic ties the game at 62. 21 seconds left to go in overtime. Kolakovich sticking on Drake. They get it to him. He's got seven seconds to work. Kolakovich going around the back. Drake going up for a layup. Throws it up. No good. He gets the rebound. Blocked from behind. No good. Rebound by Soper. Four more minutes of basketball. Tyler Johnson with it. Sends it to Soper. Soper back to Johnson. He's going to fire for three. It's good. Tyler Johnson gives Crosslex the lead with 38 seconds left to go. Going down the floor. Drake going for the layup off the glass. It is in. Jason Drake with calm under pressure. You're going to back off. They get it to Kolakovich. Down to 15 seconds. They're going to have to get a three. Kolakovich on the right side. Sends it to Townsend. Townsend looking to get it to Johnson in the corner. He picks it up. Hands it off to Johnson. Takes one dribble. Cross it over. Over to Johnson. He fires a three up and short. Rebound brought in by Red. He's fouled with .2 seconds left to go. Oh, man. That was a high-intensity game. A little bit. And there was – there was <laughs> Do you things, have any voice left after that? No. <laughs> I, I, I left that game sweaty. <laughs> and that was the game at the East Point gym. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But that, there was stuff I left out of that highlight package because I think it was like five minutes long as is. Um, I didn't want it to be a three-hour show. But <laughs> the play before – the stall, Croslex had a bucket, and they just slipped. Like, they had a guy wide open and just couldn't execute it. And then the stall happened, and then just things kept happening that when I was listening back that I had forgotten about. I forgot that Townsend had a steal with seven seconds left. And if I remember correctly, it was a 50-50 call. If he gets that steal, he's racing down at worst. You're going to overtime. Maybe Croslex wins it in regulation. Um, I had forgotten that Tyler Johnson hit a huge three. It gives them the lead with 30-some seconds left. And Jason Drake, who, by the way, the way they had their book written for the first three quarters, I called him Drake Jason before I figured <laughs> it out. Um, Went all the way, went down the court, just zigzagged through everyone and got a layup to take the lead back. And you're like, oh, oh. Like, they, I think Crosslex was still all, not celebrating, but in the moment a bit. And he just took it and went. Um, that game was just incredible because it was back and forth. And at the beginning, you're like, oh, Crosslex might not be able to, uh, to handle it and then they stormed back and they had the lead and it was just like are you kidding me yeah it was 20 to 15 after the first quarter Croslex makes it a one-point game they were up by I believe eight points after three and you're like they got it they're gonna do it and Ferndale battled back Drake jo John or 
Drake or Jason Drake had an unbelievable game. Hunter Soper played unbelievable. It was one of those games that you could point to 10 different moments. And before that, Tyler Johnson, three. Say, I believe it was Sage Slanik took a charge that never happened. He straight up flopped, <laughs> and I think he will tell you that. And if he doesn't, I'm telling you he's lying because <laughs> I was at that game, and he anticipated it. And not it may have been a makeup call because both teams got screwed over with some calls in that game. And, yeah, it was – it was what a quarterfinal game, what I hoped it to be. And, I mean, again, that, that's as much of a coin flip game as you get. And I almost I, – this was the one that last night I said, maybe this one should have been number two. But I made, but, I, I, I made you stick to the, to the list, so let's go to number two. And number two is not bad by any means. It might not have the, the lead changes, but for an hour and a half, you were sitting at the edge of your seat. Number two. Richmond Millington softball regional final. Next pitch comes a Van Scooter. She turns on it and hits deep, and it is gone. Let off the district championship game with a home run. Leads off the regional championship game with a home run. The 0-1 pitch comes, and that's when it hits deep to left. Going back for it is Murphy, and that one's gone. Both pitchers lead off home runs for their respective sides. Ashley Zeal not to be outdone by Shea Van Scooter. It's one-to-one here in Millington. Zeal stands on second. Coleman in the batter's box. One-two, change up. That's going to be hit. Back up the middle into center field. Fielding is Creon. They're going to send Zeal. No, they hold her at the last minute. 0-2 oh, pitch coming, swung on and missed. A huge out number two for Shea Van Scooter. The 2-2 two two pitch once again from Van Scooter, change up. Strike three called. We're going to the ninth. Van Scooter strands the bases loaded. 1-1 one, one after eight. Turning to Bunt, Revor pulls it back. Pass ball, play at the plate, the tag. They got her at the plate. Throw to third, tag, no, not in time. Pitch coming, she tries to slap it. They get it past the middle of the infield. To short, they're gonna throw to first. They get her at first, but the go-ahead run comes in to score. Man, Scooter takes a deep breath on the rubber. Looks into her catcher, Black, the delivery. Swung on and missed! Richmond are regional champions. They knock off the top-ranked Millington Cardinals. They will go to play in the quarterfinal at Saginaw Valley State University. Two-to-one final in nine innings. A game for the ages. And, and again, I like this game at number two because to me, this was the state championship game. This was number one against number two, and Richmond had to go to their place, win the game, because they blew by Shepard, they blew by Clinton, and then they got the win against Buchanan. In the and state here's the thing that it was hard to put the context in to the highlight package. So both pitchers are the leadoff hitters. They lead off home run, home run, bang, one-to-one. There's not a runner in scoring position for Millington until the eighth inning. For Richmond, the only batter that got into scoring position before the eighth 
was Piper Clark, who, by the way, went four for four in that game. She was the only one that didn't record an out on either side. So you're looking at this game, and you're like, there's not a lot of highlights because each inning it was bang, bang, bang. Like I got to the seventh, and I had no thoughts of it not going to extra innings. And in the eighth inning, so to, to, to really put that in, Ashley Zeal with one out. That's the pitcher for Millington. Singles, steals a base. Uh, Coleman, that was the one you heard, got the base hit, and they didn't want to test the arm of the Richmond outfield. They held her at third. She probably would have been thrown out, but they hold her at third. Runners on first and uh, third. I don't, I don't remember if the runner moves up because that runner means absolutely nothing. Um, like, like, yeah, like you have a runner on second. Cool. The winning runs at third. Um, they, then this is the point I was talking about, uh, I think, last podcast. Howard Stewart decides to not, tr- not walk Emma Dickey, who was one for three in her last at-bat singled off of Van Scooter. Van Suter got the strikeout, then walks Trinity Fessler, who was 0 for 3 on the day, two pop-outs and a ground-out. But is the cleanup hitter. And is the cleanup hitter. And then they got Lily Sherman. So for four batters, or three batters, the winning run was 60 feet away. And they stranded her. And then go on to score in the top of the next inning. And you kind of knew that was it. Uh, They did walk a batter in the eighth, but... Richmond and Millington just were going back and forth. And unlike, you know, I'd say the, the Ferndale Cross-Lex game, unlike the Marysville Owasso game, it wasn't lead change, lead change, lead change, lead change. Oh, who's going to finally pull away? It was, you know how we said Marysville Owasso was too slugfest? That Millington, Richmond, was, they were feeling each other out. They were, feeling, they were waiting for that moment to strike and – you thought Millington had it with runners on second and third and one out in the bottom of the eighth. So you know what this list hasn't had yet? <laughs> choo, choo! A football game. You're right. It has not had a football game, and this is one of the few ones we agreed on, and I don't, I don't think it will uh, get too much controversy because number one. Marine City, Marysville, football. He's going to have Lee and Singleton in the backfield. Takes the snap, going to hand it off to Singleton. Going up the middle to the 30, to the 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Marysville. Just like that, the Vikings get on top. Mariners in shock right now. DeMarco Singleton goes 34 yards. It will be a 27-yard field goal. From the right hash. Tiger down the hole. Low snap there. Kick is up and it is good down the middle. Felix Kopp gets the Mariners on the board. So with 6.32 here to go in the third quarter, Marysville 7, Marine City 3. See what the Mariners do here on second and 11. Three men in the backfield, tight end either side of Hessop. Going to hand it off going up the middle is Tiger, and he will find his way into the end zone. Mariners lead 9-7 to seven here, 4.43 to go in the third quarter. Vikings looking to punch it into the end zone. Meyer under center. Again, a tight formation. Takes the snap. Going to hand it off to Lee to the right side. He's got a hole into the end zone. Touchdown, LaMarcus Lee. Vikings take the lead right back. When the Mariners are ready, two men split out wide, two men in the backfield. That's Rensel and Watson. Under center, Heslop takes a snap. 
Going to drop back to pass. Got time to throw. Looking deep, and it will be caught by Charles Tiger. No one's going to catch him. Marine City takes the lead right back. Oh, my goodness. 63 yards. Heslop to Tiger. Taking the snap is Meyer. Going to hand it off. No, he's dropping back to pass. He's looking deep. He's got to step on the man. Larry Spayfield does. It's caught inside the 15, the 10, the 5, tackled at the 2-yard line. Zach Meyer finds Larry Smayfield. It'll be first and goal for the Vikings. 149 to go. Are one yard away from taking the lead. Under center, Meyer. Far hash. Gonna hand it off. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Vikings. Touchdown to Marco Singleton. Vikings take the lead with 58 seconds to go in the game. Heslop takes the snap out of the shotgun. Dropping. Under pressure, he's going to throw it deep. Oh, man falls down. Charles Tiger catches at the 50. Lord Smithfield tackles him out of bounds at the 47-yard line. Oh, a huge play. A great throw from the sophomore. 41 seconds to go, and Mariners are in Viking territory. What an ending to this game it will be. Heslop by himself in the backfield. Tiger split out to the left. Heslop dropping back to pass. Looking, looking, throws. Caught at the corner of the end zone. Jeff Heslop finds Anthony Renzel. 11 seconds left. The Mariners take the lead. Barring a penalty, this will be the last play of the game. Zach Meyer drops back to pass. Derek Schleiman gets him. He hits. He goes down. Time's going to run out. Marine City takes the Max Silver Championship in a football game for the ages. See, the fun part about this was Brady looked at this game even before the season started. It was week one. And started hyping it. (laughs) It's going to be the championship game. They're both going to be undefeated going into that game. And the week before, what did Marysville need? An overtime uh, win against Fitzgerald. (laughs) Which was a great game that we didn't broadcast. And had we... From what everybody, because my brother refereed yeah. that game, it, it would have been on our list. And from, <laughs> I remember us saying, we go, this is a trap game for Marysville. Don't you do it. I'm going to be mad at you. Um, <laughs> and you had all the graphics out with the, the trains colliding. No, that was just for us. I didn't put that out. <laughs> but we had one graphic with an atomic bomb blowing with, up with in the Zeus background. With Zeus throwing down lightning <laughs> for, for this matchup of the we heavyweights. Had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. I still think you should have put those out on Twitter. Uh, maybe maybe I can put it out now if, if I can find it. But, yeah, I think I had like a volcano explode, uh-huh. <laughs> exploding so we were, somewhere. So we were hyping it. And you know how I don't like overhype. Yes. But, like, we, we were kind of hyping this one pretty big. We thought this was – and normally when you do that, you get disappointed. Like, and one I of th- the teams disappoints you. And I think what we both thought was going to happen in this game it was it would be back and forth, but Marine City would pull ahead a little bit in the uh, – in the fourth, in the third or fourth quarter, and it would, the final score would be like 31-21. Or Marysville would score late and need an onside kick to to make it happen. And no, and the reason why I was so surprised when Smayfield caught that ball is Meyer looked a little hurt, and and it was like third down, I think. And you're just like, okay, this is this is where Marysville falters. This is where they're done. And Meyer. Th- made the throw that you dream about making since you're like eight years old in the backyard, hits him, gets tackled at the three, and then what you also miss is they got stuffed on the next two plays at like the one-yard line. So Marine City had to burn their timeouts. 
actually, Coach Meyer said to me after the game, he goes, if it wasn't third down, I would have taken a knee to kill more clock. Then they score. And then a play that had Marysville won, I think it's more would get more credit. Evan Woodard had an incredible kickoff. They neutralized the starburst all game long for Marine City. So you're giving a sophomore quarterback 91 yards with, I think, 50 seconds left, 52 seconds left, and no timeouts, and he does it, and the last two plays were on one leg. So you had Hopalong Heslop making a throw. <laughs> After the game, his teammates basically had to carry him, help him walk back to the bus. It was... I said this when it happened, and I'll say it again. It was one of the best games, football games, I have seen regardless of level. I don't care about high school, college, pro. That's one of the best football games I have ever seen, period, amen. (laughs) True story. Before we could record the podcast that night, because that's during football season, after the games, we met back and we actually recorded the Saturday morning show Friday night after all the scores came in uh, to have Brady calm down enough to actually do the podcast. had to get a drink in him. (laughs) (laughs) That game. Well, and that was the other thing. You go in and you're hyped for it. Like, I think the only other game that I could say was like that was Croslex Ferndale where you're expecting this huge game, but you're right for this game. I was hyping that up after week one. I went, all right, Marysville looks really good. I mean, City looks really good. Oh, they play week five. This could be fun. And then somewhere in there, we started with the trains. Oh, yeah, the, the 4 0 Express the is what I was going Express. And then if you go back and listen to, I don't know if it was our, because our, then we were Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or no, we were Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. I don't know if it was our Thursday show or our Tuesday show, but I have a hype package where it just starts off. So there's the top. There's the top ten. Uh, again, you want to run through them real quick? Yeah, number ten. Uh, it is Port Huron beating Marysville four to three or two, three to two in hockey with a th- goal with 13 seconds left. Number nine is back to back three pointers between Sandusky and Cass City. Sandusky wins it on a buzzer beater. Number eight, Cross Lex Linden the dunk heard around the thumb uh, when they came back down 11 to really earn their respect around the state. Richmond, Algonac, number seven, a district championship game that was Richmond was four outs away from never having their state championship run. Number six, Owasso, Marysville, the two heavyweights of Division Two, slugging it out, and Owasso just got the last punch in. I mean, you had the home run through the driving rain for Kirsten Smith. That was a, that was an incredible moment. Even yeah. with the loss, is still one of the best moments in Marysville softball history. Number five, Richmond beats Buchanan. The Bucks stop here. Buchanan <laughs> Bucks, as you called it. Yeah, they just win. Kind of popped into my head as they were celebrating. They win the second uh, softball title in school history. Uh, number four, Lakeview Marysville, 69-68 overtime. It took, I mean, you had Hayden Holbrook hitting six threes. You had DeMarco Singleton. I think he had like 10 rebounds by his 10th minute played. It was, it was, a, it was a great game that came down to a layup from Smayfield that was heavily contested that hung on the rim, fell out. Uh, number three, Ferndale cross Lex. 
uh, quarterfinal game, the stall game, uh, that, again, you have about 80 different moments. You can say, well, what if that happened for both sides? And number two, Richmond beats Millington in the nine-inning marathon in the regional final. Van Scooter and Zeal both led off the game with home runs, and Millington had the bases loaded in the eighth. Richmond gets out of it and scores in the ninth. And number one, the 4-0 Express. Marine City, Marysville, Hopalong, Heslop throws the touchdown to seal the deal with 11 seconds left, ripping the hearts out of Marysville. But that was, again, I'll say it, one of the best football games I have seen bar none. All right. It's been a really long show, but we're going to take our final break and we'll have a couple of honorable mentions before we wrap things up. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Michael's, your dealer for the people. Dennis, what are you doing? I'm trying to do a commercial for Michael's Car Center, but there's so much they do. Like what? Well, they do sales, service, and rentals. They have a body shop. They buy used vehicles. They'll beat or match any deal. Plus, there's guaranteed credit approval. Wow, I knew Michael's Car Center has been the area's hometown dealer for 35 years, but with all that, Michael's really is your dealer for the people. Michael's Car Center, 4371 24th Avenue, Fort Grand open 8 to 6 weekdays, 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Michael's, your dealer for the people. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball. Call 810-987-2185. 
Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, been a super long show here bringing you the top ten, but before we go, I did want some honorable mentions. These are games that could have fallen in our top ten. In baseball, uh, Brady did a Richmond-Armada game. Uh, that uh, it, was, yeah. it actually happened when, when I was out of town. Yeah, that was it. Was just a game where I was like, "All right, well, I got to do something tonight," um, and I was like, "Oh, this should be a good game." It was Carter Maddie versus Ben Hitzelberger. Both lefties threw well. Then Ryan Nettles came in in relief for Hitzelberger. Continued to pitch well. It was three to one. Richmond was up, and then Maddie, who was hitting like eighth or ninth in the top of the seventh, hit a three-run bomb. And you're just like, oh, oh, Armada's going to upset Richmond here. And then in the bottom of the seventh, Richmond got one back and then walked it off in the eighth. It was a really fun game to uh, watch. And I, I was upset I didn't get to do more Richmond or Armada baseball. But the one I saw was really good. Yeah. I had a St. Clair uh, Lance Cruz uh, game that the Saints were down 7-3. to three, And they scored four in the seventh to tie it and walked it off in the uh, eighth, eight to seven. And what I remember most about it was that Denny White was upset his team had won the game because he wanted them to learn a lesson about being lackadaisical and not ready (laughs) to play. Uh, In hockey, Northern Romeo quarterfinal game was one of about uh, a half dozen hockey games I could have put on the uh, the list. I I like the Northern Trenton game because Sheffer had like what, like 52 saves Yeah, I think he made 52 saves in, in that game. Uh, there were a couple of overtime games. Uh, there, there were a lot of like really good hockey games this year, but that the way they smothered them at the end, and the fact that it won the uh, the regional for them, mm-hmm. and they went on to the quarterfinals after after that win. Uh, that was a great game. In girls' hoop, we both did the Country Day Imlay City quarterfinal game. That man, again, I, I just go. It was bad luck 
for Imlay City and good luck for Country Day at the end. Yeah, and Mary Langman had an unbelievable performance yeah. in that game. Boys Hoop Mooney Shrine game that I did uh, where uh, uh, it, we had a dunk to end the first quarter by Dallas. Then he had a blocked shot that set up the final not play. A, not just a blocked shot. He threw it into the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, Mooney ended up winning 44-41, but Shrine was trying to inbound the ball for a three-point play <laughs> on the last play. And the the kid threw the ball in so hard that he hit his teammate in the face and stunned him. And audibly and, thudded. And the ball just rolled <laughs> away and the clock ran out. Um, and it, the best was the kid's reaction was just like. He was stunned. He was like, dude. <laughs> and, and you could hear the thud on it. Just doo, doo. <laughs> no. And the poor kid was like the only reason why Shrine was in that game. Yeah. And then that's what he's going to get remembered for. And I could have put about four football games down because I had a stretch of really good ones. Uh, but the Crosstown showdown between PH and Northern, it ended 20-7. to But after Ullenbrook broke a 90-yard touchdown run, it was 14-7. Northern scrambled to get the last play of the game off, and Myuri picked off the mm. pass in total chaos and ran it back to make it 20-7, to but that was a great game. Typical of what you'd expect of Northern PH and a cross-down showdown. And then the PH-Roseville game, when they had to go down to Roseville in week six, and uh, PH hadn't trailed in a game all year, and Roseville scored two touchdowns before anybody was in their seats. Yeah. And it was 13 nothing, and the Big Reds ended up gutting out a 28-27 win uh, in that game, and it was just a, a classic way to go into the playoffs yeah. because there was the potential – that they would meet in the second round of the uh, playoffs, yeah. but De La Salle had other ideas. Yeah, no, and that, I think Port Huron Roseville was our last cut. Like I think it was between that and Port Huron Marysville for the last game. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head some other really good games we had. We had Hatgate, which was Hat fun. Gate, yep. uh, the Marine City Marysville softball game where Marine City won. It was like okay, when's Marysville going to score? When's Marysville going to score? And they never did. Um, and I'm sure there's more. I mean, again, we had a list of, what, 40 that we got to pick from yeah. that were just good games. There was the, the first PH Northern softball game. I think there were five home runs hit. Oh, 16, yeah. 13. Yeah, that was, a, that was a really fun game. You had a St. Clair. Shaggy hit one to like, Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> you had a St. Clair uh, Marine City basketball game that was, was a, a one-point one game, game, 48-47. And then one we almost put on there, but I think we're going to talk about it on a different day, was I just put down April 20th because that was the game we had two softball games that combined for like 87 runs. And it was on a day where it snowed. Like yes. They scored not, all these runs while it was snowing. Not snowing, like sideways snowing. I got to the point where I stopped using my notebook because I, it got too wet and yeah. All right, long show today, but I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll be back with uh, more on – when do we do this again? Friday. Friday, yes. Back with more on Friday. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.